Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about building teamwork with trades with the help of special guest Daniel Carrero of House to Home in Rockville, Maryland. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host, Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey, everyone. Tim Fowler here, and welcome to another episode of the Tim Fowler Show. As we always do, we encourage you to send in ideas for the show, guests that you might think would be interesting, uh, topics, uh, anything that would help me make this show great for you, uh, please let me know. Send that to me at tim at remodelersadvantage.com. All right. We've heard from trade contractors about what they like and dislike about working with general contractors. We've talked to a lot of production managers that work with trades every day about what they believe is the best way to get cooperation and teamwork going. We've even had a few project managers on talking about that really, really important on-site uh, cooperation. But as many of you know, uh, this show is hosted by Remodelers Advantage, and we have what we call roundtables. And these roundtables consist of 10 to 12 non-competing companies. They meet regularly to discuss how to run their businesses and to be more effective at it. So part of these groups is an email chain, right? So communication can take place a little more effectively between our meetings, which tend to be about six months apart. Well, I happen to be on some of these email chains with some of the groups that are business owners. And in one of these groups, they were discussing what they were doing uh, with their trade contractors to try to get them to respond to the calls. And I hear this a lot. We can't even get our trades to call us back or show up on time or whatever it is. And so this email chain was a discussion of what different contractors are doing to build a team of trade contractors that they can work with effectively. And so one of the contractors, our guest today, wrote back what I thought was a very good list of things that he's doing. And I thought, like we do on many occasions, I got to have him on the show because it feels like what he's doing, uh, working at, is probably a really, really good way to build that team aspect of working with your trade. So, Steve, let's get going. All right. So Daniel Carrero, president of House to Home Solutions based in Rockville, Maryland. They perform work, design build work in Maryland and Northern Virginia. Established in 2005, Daniel has been able to build a subcontractor team that prioritizes his job over any other contractor. They stick with him for years and are willing to take care of service issues without question. This makes sure his clients are happy and reason for their 99% Guild Quality Rating, and numerous year-after-year year awards for their level of service. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you for having me. Hey, this is great. So uh, give us a little bit more about, about your business. Uh, how does it function? 
how, how much staff do you have? How do you run your jobs? Are they project managers with all trades or do you have carpenters on staff that do some of the work? Give us a little bit more about that. So we're, we're a full service design build company, um, mainly doing uh, kitchens, bathrooms, whole house remodels, additions, uh, that sort of thing. We don't do new construction builds, uh, but we are a team of five, uh, a myself, an office manager, uh, a project slash production manager, uh, a field coordinator, and a designer. Um, all the work itself is 100% subcontracted. Wow. So for me, subcontractors are extremely important. They are our team. And yeah. so that's what I've worked so hard on for years is to build that team. You know, I'm just, again, these, these brain waves come to me. Maybe, maybe part of the key is really feeling like you need them. Is that, is that yeah. part of, uh, uh, because obviously if you don't have anybody in house, you need them as your team. Whereas somebody who has a lot of carpenters and stuff may feel like, Hey, we don't really need that. I don't know why they would, but maybe that's part of it. Uh, absolutely. I think, I think we need them just as much as they need us. You know, we're, we're all busy and it's a matter of, uh, how do we take care of the client, you know, to the best of our ability. So you know, we pretty much manage the project, but we rely on them to really be the front line with our with our customer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that, that makes this whole discussion even that more much more uh, important to me. You know, you mentioned we need them as much as they need us. I I always feel like we need them more than they need us because they can go to a lot of other contractors and work, whereas you know, we, we have a limited number of trades that we can pull from. So that's kind of the way I, I look at it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All um, right. So that's why you got, you, you, you want them to want, you want them to feel that you are their priority, right? Yes. That they want to tra- take care of you. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you sent out a list of, I think it was eight things uh, to the group a lot that made me kind of perk up my ears and go, Hey, this would be a great conversation to have. Of those eight, which we'll get to all of them at some point, because I, I think they are all really, really valid. Which one do you think is the most critical? What one would you say that if a company listening in had could only do one thing, they should definitely do this one thing? Well, I mean, in my opinion, cash is, is king for everybody. And so you know, if you've set up your company properly and you are overbilled and you've got the cash flow, there's no reason to be holding money from subs. I, for me, we pay our subs every Friday. Um, whether they've asked for it or not, we pretty much set that up up front. We let them know that, look, if you're on our job site every day and you're producing, then we're going to pay you every Friday. And it gives them the sense that they don't have to be fighting for money. They don't have to worry if they're going to have money to pay the guys on Friday. Um, we, we have that check coming to them and they know it's coming. And, and that above everything, I think gets them to want to do work for us before anybody else. Yeah. I remember very clearly a conversation that I had with a framing sub in Potomac, Maryland, which is not far from where you are. We had not employed a framing sub before and I'm talking to him and 
And he, and he said, wait a minute, stop. First thing I want to know is how do you pay? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, you get me your bill by Monday, you'll get paid on Thursday. And he goes, all right, let's talk. You know, because he was so used to 30 days, 60 days from yeah. builders, particularly in his world, that just didn't, you know, that just didn't pay quickly. So paying quickly is definitely a, a big part of this, uh, this scenario. So absolutely. All right, great. So um, among those eight things that were on there, you, you talked about uh, trade events with vendors and inviting people to that. Tell us a little bit about that. What are, what are some of the examples you've used and um, who sets them up and you know, how do you know who to call and those, those kinds of things? I think it's a great idea, although I will say I think you're the first person I've met that invites trades to come to them. So I've heard of companies doing this for their in-house people, but you've obviously reached out to your trades this way. Yeah, I, I'm always, you know, when I came from the field, so for me, it was always about learning about new tools, new techniques, and trying to make jobs more efficient. And I feel it needs to be the same way for our subs. Okay. If, if I see that they could use some training in, in a certain aspect of what they're doing, or I come across a new product or something that I think would be beneficial for them, then I, I, I'm constantly trying to set up uh, connections and partnerships and, and including our vendors, our reps, our trades, whoever it is, to figure out how can we help each other out. And so a lot of times I'll reach out to tool manufacturer uh, reps. Um, It could be a supplier rep. Um, You know, examples can be just your basic tool companies, Milwaukee, Makita, um, you know, Festool, all these companies have reps and it's, it's not difficult to contact them and say, Hey, I've got a group of guys that uh, I want to train on using this new tool or, uh, I know about a new paint line from Benjamin Moore or whatever it may be. And I uh, reach out to try to set up a date that we can do like a breakfast or a lunch. Um, and we'll, you know, doesn't have to be very long, an hour, you know, hour and a half, uh, you know, meet up in the morning in, in our warehouse and just do a quick little training and then get feedback from them, which the reps love to get feedback as well on, on how things work. And, um, you know, we buy some breakfast. Uh, sometimes the trades will pick up the cost of the breakfast. Sometimes they'll throw in a tool or something to raffle off. Um, yeah. You know, the guys always love that. Yeah. You know, getting free T-shirts, hats, carpenter pencils, whatever it may be. Yeah. So have you got an example of one that went particularly well? I mean, you can say brands if you want. doesn't matter. Uh, the last one we did uh, – I guess it was pre COVID was with Festool. Um, I had them come in and bring the, um, their uh, drywall sander. And so I had all our subs come in and, and we set up a few days in advance. We built some walls and put some drywall and slapped a ton of mud on it. And, you know, <laughs> let the guys uh, try out the tool and the rep kind of walk them through some tips and techniques uh-huh. um, of how to use it. Yep. Um, cause we've had a festival drywall sander for some time, but a lot of the guys are just intimidated by it. You know, it's an expensive tool and they're just scared to use it. And right. I figured this was, this was a great way to try to get over that. 
Yeah, you should have called me to, to let me do your drywall because my drywall needs lots of sanding. Yeah. <laughs> so it would have been a good, uh, a good test for, for the tool. So that, that's really cool. So do you do this for plumbers and electricians and things like that, all the different trades? Yeah, well, it, it depends on what it is. So like a drywall seminar, I'm not going to invite the plumbing guys or, the, right. you know, but, but it depends on what it is. But I try to find things that it, that's all inclusive okay. um, if possible, or it may be trade specific, you know, if I find something. Uh, another thing that I do that's sort of tied in with that is, is you know, I'm constantly getting emails. Um, I get all kinds of trade magazines. You know, if I see something that I think is cool, I'll forward it to my trades. I'll forward it to specific subs and say, hey, I remember you mentioning something about this. And, you know, here it is. Um, the same thing with if I find deals, if I can find deals on on getting tools at a discounted price, um, I'm constantly forwarding that stuff to them. Um, or if uh, I can get quantity discount somehow, I've worked that out sometimes when like I know, hey, the guy's tools are starting to look kind of rough and, you know, <laughs> I might contact the Milwaukee rep and go, hey, you know, if we buy whatever number of, uh, you know, kits, you know, what, what kind of deal can you work out for us? And, you know, try to do stuff like that for my trades. You know, I don't need the tools anymore because we're not in the field, but right. I know they do. So if I can help them out, it just makes them happy. You know, they know I'm taking care of them. So I'm going to I'm going to say something right here that's not on your list. But I think the secret to what you're doing is that you are thinking about other people, not yourself. And I, I'm just seeing that in everything you've said so far. And I'm thinking we're going to see it in the rest of the show. But I'm thinking that they sense that you care about them. And so they're going to care about you. And I think that's an admirable trait but it's also one that's very difficult for people to really pull off and, and make it become reality. So, yeah, very I can, I can cool. See, I can definitely see that. Um, yeah. And thank you for, for mentioning that. Um, yeah, I think it's, you know, and, and going into Remodeler's Advantage, I, I think Remodeler's Advantage is a group of people who care. Right. You know, they care about their customers. They care about their company. They care about their employees. Um, and, and for me, I, I, they're not employees, but, you know, I, I consider them as part of our team. And so right. I right. think that that is true, what, what you just said. So, um, but just yeah, the whole I mean, idea of you're, you're looking through a magazine and you see something and you think about somebody else as right. opposed to, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need that. And that's a, you know, maybe I'm just thinking about myself, but I look at these sure. magazines and I go like, I don't need this stuff anymore. And they go in recycling. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, maybe I'm just more selfish than you are. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So let's move on here um, sure. with my self-confession. So one of the things that you mentioned uh, in that list was the idea of getting your trades engaged with Builder Trend as your, your uh, management tool. And I know this, I know from talking to hundreds of production managers and owners that one of their things is how do I get these guys to use Builder Trend? They just won't do it, or Co-Construct, or Procore, whatever sure. system you're you you want to use. You guys happen to use Builder Trend, so how do you do that? How do you get them engaged in this thing? It's not easy, and <laughs> and it's a constant 
you know, battle and a constant reminder and, and nudge to keep them using it. Um, what, what we've done, we've done a couple things. Um, the first is if they're new to us or, or to using builder trend, then we're going to, we're going to do a one-on-one training with them to make sure that they, they know how to use the app um, and show them how it can be used on their phone as well as on a tablet and on their computer. Um, And obviously we need to sell them on the benefit of using it for them, not for us. Right. Right. We know what the benefit is, but we need to find, we need to think about how are they going to use it and how can we sell them on using it to help themselves and typically the biggest one is scheduling. And so if we can show them how we can, we can put in a calendar and schedule a job and say, hey, we need the rough plumbing to start on this day. And we're thinking it's going to take you three days. And they're able to look at it and go, oh, I already have something booked that day. Or that's not a three-day job. I need four days for it. Then we can adjust the schedule accordingly ahead of time before we've started the project and we give them enough time to complete it. They don't feel like they have to be rushed. And if something changes on the job and they know they're supposed to be coming back to do the finished plumbing and the job's delayed for whatever reason, they're going to automatically be notified about that. And they're going to be able to see that on their schedule. It's, it's a matter of selling that to them. Not, not about just saying, Hey, you have to use this. This is what we're doing, right? It, they, they they don't work directly for us as employees, so we can't right. force them, right? So it's a matter of finding the way to sell it to them that they feel like, oh gosh, yeah, this is this is great. Um, in my case, if my project manager tried to sell it to them, they'd probably be less receptive than if I sold it to them, okay? Because they, they respect me. I've earned their respect over time. And they've seen that they've, a lot of my subs have been with me for 15 years. They know and see me grow from being the handyman doing the work myself to where we're at today. And they respect that I was able to grow the business and that they know I came from the field. And so when I tell them something, they're more receptive to going, well, if Daniel says we should use it, then we probably should take a look at this, right? Because okay. they feel like, okay, he's he's not just BSing us or making us do something just to do it. Yeah, that's interesting because I mean, I, I my tendency, of course, is to say yeah, you got to get the project manager and the trade communicating, and that's one of the ways you do it. So it may well, I, part I of did the tactic maybe. You know, the training done by the owner. Yeah, I do do that. But what I did is I I reached out first. Right. I said, hey, my project managers or production managers gonna be reaching out to you um, about this new, you know, whatever that we're going to be doing. Or we've had builder train for years. It's just we have some newer, newer trades now and stuff. And so, you know, I reached out to them first. Hey, really want you to work on this. Matt's going to be reaching out to you. you know, keep an eye out for it. Let's try to get it scheduled and, and, and get you, you know, up, up and running on it. And, and just did the intro to help Matt out to make it a little bit easier for him. Now he's responsible for scheduling those, those meetings and doing the one-on-one training and handling all of that. Okay. Okay. And just a quick email from me 
makes a little bit of a difference. Okay. All right, cool. Well, that's, that's some good, good insight right there. Cause that is one of the challenges that contractors have consistently is getting their trades, especially the one man band who's got, you know, two helpers and they, he shows up on the job as well as the people yeah. who have an office. It tends to be a little more, they're computerized already and that yeah. kind of thing. But um, it's that single, single operator that tends to have trouble with that uh, quite a bit. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've gone over a couple of your items already. So I have, I think I have uh, four more here. So tell us about the summer barbecue. So that's something we started um, a couple of years ago. I guess it was, you know, pre COVID. Um, yeah. We, uh, we basically rented uh, from a local, uh, like tool rental place, they rented a huge uh, uh, outdoor gas grill that you can tow. And so we brought it here to our warehouse in the back and, and we kind of did one of our trade days, but we made it a, we made it a lunch um, and, or actually it was late. It was a Friday afternoon, you know, late lunch. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, you know, just had beer and, and, and some hot dogs and hamburgers and chicken and things like that. Um, we invited all the trades and we invited all of the, um, all our main vendors, our vendor reps, okay. um, you know, they don't all come, but, but we got a few of them to come. We wanted them to meet the guys in the field and we wanted the guys in the field to be able to ask them questions also. Okay. Um, so we had people from Ferguson, from TW Perry. Um, there was, a one of our flooring distributors and things like that. Um, what it's really about is getting these guys to be able to hang out together when they're not working. Right. Mm -hmm. And getting them to be able to socialize and joke with each other and pick on each other. If they don't do something right on the job site (laughs) and uh, you know, call out the one guy who doesn't, you know, who's a little lazier than the rest. Um, but it, it builds a team and it builds a, a feeling that they all work together. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the drywall guy being able to tell the, the plumber who uses a hammer to make a hole that, Hey, you know, you're making it so much harder for me. Can't you just cut a square and save me that piece of drywall? Um, you know, that simple things like that, but it, it gets them to understand each other and uh-huh. what, what the issues are that they each have on the job and, and how they can each help each other out. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes they may be working on the same job, but they, they're not there the same day. So they don't get to see each other and talk to each other and, you know, say, Hey, why did you do this? You made my job so much harder. Right. And yeah. so it allows for that. Um, but in a friendly atmosphere where they're drinking and, and eating and being able to talk to each other. Um, so, so I'm 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 envisioning something like the the ninth grade dance where, you know, the plumbers over here and the electricians <laughs> over here and the drywall guy. How do you get them? Maybe they so, see each other on the jobs enough where they know each other enough where they're going to talk. And the other question, Daniel, is, do you have more than one trade, and do you invite like both plumbers to the same party? So. For, for that particular, we've only done it twice because of, of now COVID okay. um, for the barbecue. Uh, and we only had one plumber and one electrician show okay. up. Um, 
we did do name tags, which had their name and it had what they do uh-huh. so that they could kind of know who's the plumber, who's the electrician, who's those. Okay. Um, I think it would be friendly enough to be able to invite more than one trade of the same. Um, I think that would also show them like, Hey, you know, you're not the only guy in town. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, you gotta, you gotta keep up and, and, you know, be reasonably priced. Um, yep. but these guys have now, you know, like I said, I have very little turnover with my subs. Once I, I find the guy that I like, we're usually able to keep them. And most of these guys now have known each other for years. Um, and so that does help. Um, but it does take me going around introducing, you know, handshaking and saying, Hey, you need to talk to this guy and that sort of thing, you know? Um, but, but the guys tend to, yeah, I mean, you always have little groups, Yeah. but it's a matter of going around and getting people to talk to each other. Okay. All right. We've got a couple of more here and we should probably move fairly quickly, but you mentioned t-shirts and, and hats and things like that. You, you provide some, uh, some apparel. Yes, we do apparel um, usually twice a year if I can. Sometimes it's only once, but usually, you know, T-shirts, sweatshirts. Um, every few years I'll do jackets and I'll have them embroidered and get their name put on them. Wow. If, wow. if they're consistent subs, you know, they're ones that are working with us on a constant basis. Yeah. Um, but typically it's more of the typical, you know, T-shirts, hats, yep. um, sweatshirts. We do for the winter, we'll do some, uh, you know, winter hats and stuff like that. Um, but the guys just love getting them. Um, we don't make them wear it, you know, just from a legal standpoint, but, uh, most of them love wearing them. I mean, I see them wearing it, you know, on the weekends when they're not even working. Um, they're always looking for the latest design and asking when the next, you know, when I'm making more. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. They like it. I heard a great story years ago. A good friend of mine in, in Muncie, Indiana gave out t-shirts to all of his crew and um one of the guys came back in the next day and said that uh he didn't want any more shirts and my buddy goes why he says well i uh, i work for you all day long but i'm not gonna sleep with you and turns out his <laughs> wife his wife had put the t-shirt on and he said i'm you know no good uh, enough about work <laughs> so all right christmas gifts you mentioned Christmas gifts and a holiday party. Let's just go ahead and tackle both of those. Absolutely. Um, so the, 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 the holiday party is, is probably my biggest thing that I do for my subs. Um, started doing it probably like, I don't know, six years ago or so. Um, you know, it started fairly small, but as we've grown, it's gotten bigger. Um, I invite all the subs, all our employees, and their immediate family. Um, I don't want just the head of the, of, you know, my sub to come. I want right. all his guys to come. Right. Um, I think it's important for them to be able to interact outside of work and yep. their families get to meet who they're working with as well. They're able to, to introduce their families, their kids to each other. We get to see each other's kids grow. Um, again, it builds that team and that family feeling, um, I think it's made the biggest difference. Um, about three years ago, we changed it up a little bit because we used to do it as a Christmas party. Um, but December is always so busy for everybody. 
And so we, we moved it to be the first weekend in January. So everybody knows when it is and that it's not during the holidays. So it allows them to really set that day apart. Yep. Um, and nice. so we got a much bigger turnout. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it wasn't last year because of COVID. It was the year before. Um, we had almost 100 people show up. Wow. Um, it was pretty big. We, we ended up running a small clubhouse, had a DJ, a bartender, um, and uh, a couple like waitresses to, to pass the food around and stuff. Um, and everybody just had a great time. And the last, I'd say the last three years have been the biggest. And, and everybody, you hear them talking about it all year. Um, it's something they want to go to. They're really excited about, um, they love being able to see each other's, uh, families. Um, we also do a slideshow of all the jobs we've done that year. Nice. To see people's faces and like the pride that they have being able to show their family, the jobs that they did. Um, especially some of the really, you know, really fancy, luxurious jobs. Um, you know, most people just think, oh, they're in construction but they have no idea what they're doing, what their, you know, spouses are doing and, and what they're building and what they're a part of. Um, and I think that really builds this, this huge sense of pride uh, in, in them. Um, you know, for even the kids, you know, just seeing the jobs and seeing the people. Um, I suspect too, that it, a lot of them don't get to see the finished product. No, a lot of them don't. Um, I do, I do try to share pictures with subs um, when we get them, but, it's still most of them look at it and they never share it with their family. Right. Um, you know, they don't even think about sharing it with their family, yeah. but I, I think it makes a huge difference. Um, and then we, uh, I usually, cause they're bringing their kids. I usually have um, some activities for the kids to do to keep them busy so that the parents can have a good time. I'm going to have to be watching over the kids. So last year we had two, two teenage uh, babysitters, you know, to help out with the kids. Um, and then we do gifts as well. Um, I try to give them the gifts in December, uh, right. not at the party. And, um, you know, they can be small, but I try, I make sure that everybody gets a gift. Anybody who worked on the job site gets a gift. Um, yeah. You know, whether it's a small, you know, $20, $25 gift card, or it's, you know, a bigger gift. I think it's important that they all get something so that they feel like, wow, like I don't even work for you directly, but you know, you respect me and you take care of me and you're willing to give me something. Um, I used to give them tools. I used to give them, you know, gift cards for like Home Depot or Lowe's. And I stopped doing that. I started thinking more about their family. What, what do they need? You know, I'm not their boss and I'm not giving them a tool that they're going to use to work for me. So I started giving them more like gift cards to like Target, you know, Kohl's, I just try to think about what they might need for their family. If I know they had a, Kate, a baby or something mm-hmm. um, so that it, it's just more, I don't know, more heartfelt, more, more family oriented rather than work related. For sure. So um, when you have some great relationships with your subs, you mentioned a number of them being 15 years. Uh, how do you continue to keep the door open per se of vetting new subs or, or, you know, welcoming new subs into the mix? How do you keep a pulse on that? Uh, most of it is just reaching out and always, you know, my vendors are really big with that. You know, I let them know, hey, if you, 
you know, a crew that's really good, you know, let me know about it. Um, even my own subs sometimes will be, will, will refer guys to me if they know I'm busy or, you know, it's a different trade. Um, you know, my electrician is the one that referred my plumber, you know, mm-hmm. for example. Um, so it, it's just constantly reaching out and making sure they know you're always looking for good people. Um, and, and the subs themselves want to work with other good trades too. You know, they yeah. don't want to work with somebody who's going to make their job harder. So um, they're, they're usually the best source. Yeah. Cool. So we, we're going to have to wrap this up, Daniel, but sure. I just had one more uh, question in your memo that you sent out to the group, the word budget kept coming up and I don't know if it was in every item, but I was impressed with the idea and may tell me if I'm wrong, but I don't think I am that this, w- this is not, an afterthought. These are things that you've thought about and you actually have line item budgets for them in your company budget. And so just you would talk about that a little bit, but, and then the, the, obviously the next question is, are they overhead or are they job cost? (laughs) You know, just where do you put them in your financials? Yeah, it, it, I definitely, they are line items in my budget. Um, I think about it every year and try to, you know, anticipate what I think it'll cost. Um, and I put them in there. Um, some are in different places on the budget, um, depending on what they are. But yes, they are in there. Um, you had asked me about that before about, you know, is it overhead or job costs? And I have always kept it in overhead, mm-hmm. but... I can definitely see how, especially some of them, like the trade uh, uh, talks and training um, could definitely be more of a job costed. Um, I've never done it that way, but I can definitely see that maybe that could be a way of doing it in the future and and definitely putting some of this stuff above the line. Um, And maybe the the holiday party uh, would be more of of an overhead cost. Um, Same with the gifts. It could always be expensed as an indirect cost and then yep. you know, translated above the line. I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not pushing for it one way or the other, just because yeah. as far as I'm concerned, as long as you're getting paid for it through some mechanism, right? It, this type of thing doesn't matter to me. Others who are more accounting oriented might care. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ramon's advantage always gets on me because they say my overhead's high, but I have a high GP, so I could, I guess, if I moved it above the line, it reduces my overhead, reduces the GP a little bit. Yeah, it increases your cost of goods sold. That's right. <laughs> I, had a, I had a quick question, Tim, when you talk about budget. Um, you know, obviously, you've got an incredible team of uh, trades, and you treat them well. They treat you well by having, you know, the high standards you do with guild quality. Um, but obviously there's an exchange of value each time you do a project. So how do you handle the pricing and keeping things, you know, you, you, know, you talk about price creep or things like that, where just staying on an honest level where everybody's winning. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's tough and it's been even harder these past couple of years as prices have gone up so much. Um, but it, it's, it's, it has to be a constant conversation with them um, of trying to establish pricing. Um, so one of the things that I do that I try to, what I want to do is make it cost effective for all of us. And so when I'm doing estimating, 
I try to figure out what they would be charging for something without having to make them go out and give me an estimate for it. Now, obviously we will do a trade walk and we'll figure out exact costs when we're gonna be doing a construction contract. But for um, upfront estimating, um, I try to have already understood where they need to be, um, whether it's that they need to figure out how much they charge per day or are they going to give me some numbers of how much they should charge per fixture, per whatever it is. Um, so what I do is, is I create these spreadsheets that I give to each of the subs and I say, these are the most common things you do for me. Can you give me an idea of how much you want to be charged for each of those items that we can agree that if I charge that amount, that we're both good for that project? Now, obviously, if I see something on that project that is out of the norm, that needs to be charged extra for, I'm going to put more money in there for them, or I'm going to reach out to them, send them pictures or whatever and say, hey, this is out of the norm. Like, what, what do you want to charge for doing this part of the job? I'll get pricing from them. Um, but it's an ongoing, constant thing yeah. of updating pricing. Cool. Man alive. I, I, this has <laughs> been absolutely incredible. You know, I've been around this business for, it seems like forever. I know it's been 40, almost 40 years for me. And um, it just feels like I ought to know everything. But I get new insight every time. Uh, just talking to the guests on this show. And I surely, I really appreciate your spending a little bit of time with us and giving us some really good things to think about. Really, really cool stuff. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Anytime. Great. Thanks so much, Daniel. Take care. Thank you. Take care, guys. So, Tim, I like to start with your notes. Let's hear it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I'm going to start with just caring about other people. I mean, I interrupted Daniel right in the middle of thinking there because that just struck me. And as we went through the rest of the discussion, that hit me more than anything else that you've got to convince people that you care about them. And of course, the first step is caring, but at least convince them that you care by doing all the different things. And, and when you really listen to the whole podcast with that in mind, you hear it running through every little thing that's going on, even to the point of like a gift card. It's like, what? who cares what they spend the gift card on? But if you stop and say, this person is this, 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 so the gift card should come from this store, that indicates you're thinking about them. And so I think, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I have to say anything else because I think that's one of the big keys that we learned here in this podcast. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. And I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people out there just to continue to develop that relationship because obviously uh, we're all in the common goal of bringing a uh, project in on time on budget with a happy client and he's doing that and there always seems to be this this battle sometimes of of builders and remodelers builders and clients and you know it doesn't have to be that way working toward a common goal yeah and and if anybody's not convinced just you, you just listen to like one of the first things he said is they they go back and take care of their service issues it's like how many of us have trouble getting our trades or subs to do that for us yeah. in a timely manner. Right. Yeah. And then, and then he goes on to talk about their, their doing builder trend. And again, 
I hear it all the time. I can't get them to do it. Yeah. They're doing it now. He didn't say it was easy, but there's something about what he's doing in this that gets them believing that it's good for them uh, to be doing that. Um, so I just, the one-on-one training, you know, for Builder Trend, as well as the trade days, getting people in, I, I don't know. I, I mean, how else do you say it? Yeah. He just obviously cares about them and they appreciate that. And money talks. Paid every Friday. That works. <laughs> that was the very thing. <laughs> All right. Well, great. Well, we want to thank Daniel Carrera for joining us. And we always want to thank you for listening to another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. And remember, at The Tim Fowler Show, we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.